Hey Marcus, do you like movies? Yes, I do. Cool. Hey Sasuke, do you like movies? I used to. Oh, well, well maybe we should talk about that on Zebras in America podcast, episode 71. Brought to you by Good Intentions, Bad Ideas, and Nuno Felt Art. The new book by Sasuke's mom, Madeline Sorrell. It's awesome. Also, you can, let's say you want some good photography, SasukeKhan.com. Very talented. She's a great photographer. Hey, you want someone to write about side-by-side -side correlations between movies or just really nice long-form stuff? PinlandEmpire.com. Hey, you made a movie and you're like, who's going to score this shit? I need a weirdo. ScottThorough.com. This is Zebras in America, brought to you by uh, everything. We have a very special guest returning for like the 19th time, the Jim Norton of our show, Sasuke Khan. So a little bit of introduction. Thank you, thank yep. you. A little bit of introduction to how the sausage is made. We are recording so many episodes today because we will be away for a while and we want to have an episode come out every week. So this is the third episode, fourth episode we've recorded today and we decided to do a little <laughs> fun stuff. Um, so Saskia, what's on your mind? You say you don't like films anymore. So a couple of years ago, I realized I had this bad experience in theaters where I realized I stopped liking movie theaters. And so it kind of, you know, made a real dip in my movie-going lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Did you guys ever experience anything like that when you were kind of becoming an adult? Yes. Things you used to like no more, liking them anymore. So oh, it, that's two. That's two things separate. Yeah, you. Go I can. First. I think I can just sum it up. So when I was in college in Virginia, uh, I was going to see. It was totally like every weekend I'd go see a movie, and more and more they would just get ruined by audiences and it was like and i understand you go opening night you know it's going to be louder but sometimes i'd go to a matinee and it was just like people yelling stuff at the screen or just like people showing up late or like all this stuff and then i remember how annoying that was and then i went and then i moved to new york after college and there are all these like movie theaters that i had never heard of the idea of offering a membership and i thought to myself oh well if people are paying like money for memberships they'll like appreciate it and like certain the and also going to New York what Virginia doesn't have Virginia doesn't have like a film forum or well IFC Center didn't actually exist right when I moved to New York but like the Angelica stuff like that so I thought people would be a little bit more behaved and for the most part they are and, and, and were so so that it's like I just love movies too much I wasn't going to be defeated not to say you but it's just like I'm not going to have these people not have me go to the movie so I, ju I just chose different movie theaters to, to go to and then when I want to kind of bite the bullet and see a big, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll go, but I'll just have fun and just try to not get too annoyed by the, all the people that, that go there. So. Yeah. That's and, real. And as far as movies or, or the larger question of things that have changed as I got older, I used, I really love going to movies by myself. Mm -hmm. And nowadays I, a lot of the times prefer it because I can just go with the flow and, no one asks me how I think about the movie when I'm not ready to talk about it. Would sometimes people would be like, "What did you think of the movie?" Thirties, thirties, thirties. Thank you. And I, I don't like to go to. That movie. actually reminds me of something. To interject quickly, do you guys know about the like the corrective clap thing? No. That's what I. I mean, I coined that term, so you probably wouldn't know it because I've never said it. Oh, trademark. Um, okay. Yeah. So. 
I was teaching I in a media program for high school students this summer, and um, all the students would start applying before the credits ended. And so then there was one faculty member that would do this really like enhanced clapping after the credits were ending because that's like a proper moment to be clapping. Uh, uh, apparently, okay. like for like art house movies. All right. So it kind of reminded me of like waiting till like what's the real ending moment of a film. Right. And I also, as I've gotten older, when I, I'll go to advanced screenings that might have a Q&A afterwards because I want to see a movie and then leave before the Q&A because I need to let the ideas marinate and digest. Soak it up. Soak it up. Let the tofu in my body figure out what's going on. And I don't, I really don't like talking about a movie right away. So as I've gotten older, the, the enjoyment of seeing movies by myself has increased and the enjoyment of seeing movies with other people, except for actually you two and a select few others, Patty D, Joshua Benjamin, M2 McGant. Those are people I like seeing movies with and you guys. But it's, but otherwise, I don't. And and I, for bigger movies, I, there's a neighborhood movie theater that every first, every first showing is five bucks. So I just go in the mornings when the movies release. And to other things, when I was a child, I used to go to concerts by myself. I would go to the Wetlands or go to Roseland or go see shows. And then about seven or eight years ago, I realized that I couldn't do it anymore. I went to see Company Flow and the Juggernauts were my favorite rap groups as a teenager. And they were doing a show at... What, Santos? Correct. The, the reunion show? Yes. Oh, I was at that show. I know. We've talked about it off air. I forget. But oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. That was, that was a big deal. It was a big deal. And I... My favorite group ever. Company Flow. That is. is that Come, venue still open? No. No. Okay. It got closed and made a controversy. St- again. Because they got shut down for a second. This was like years ago. Then it got like reopened up. Because the underage uh, girl like OD'd. And then it was down for a while. This was years ago, like '09 or something, or '10, and then it went back. Right, like it's done. They, for- yeah, they were about to have this music oh. festival that had some, who people said fascist bands play, and there was a lot of offense oh. about it. And instead of, they were so, they were like, you know, we're done. We don't. We're done, and they just closed. Oh. There was apparently, you know, there had been other issues, and they were like, yeah, we're over. Fun while it lasted. So, anyways, oh. the Juggernauts. Breezy Bruin was one of, was my favorite rapper in the late '90s. He's still one of my favorite rappers, but his style was so different and so special. And Company Flow were also one of my favorite rap groups. So, them performing was exciting because they had broken up and they got they were getting back together and doing some stuff. And I got there and I had a terrible panic attack and I had to go home. And I was like, all right. Well, that sucks. I just have to renegotiate how I do things now. Fun fact, I have never gone to a concert or a movie alone. Ever? Ever. Not even a movie? No. Wow. Well, I said, you know, maybe you'll like it and maybe you won't. I don't know. You could try it. Maybe you know, one day I'll try it. You know what's funny? I had a, I had a looming terrible time at that company flow show also because it was still early on in my kidney Transplant days. Uh, yes, tell me the story yeah. about that jerk-off doorman. Yeah, and it was like, so this, I mean, I, I'm on medicine and pills for life, but this was like not even a year after my transplant, so I had way more medication. And like I was saying before, about like two years before, Santos had a really bad drug problem. So I get it, 
I have a pocket full of pills, you know what I'm saying? And then he was just like, you can't get in. And I was just like, well, no, no, I had a kidney transplant, so I have to have this with me at all times. Like, it doesn't matter, you can't get in. And I was like, so if you have an organ transplant, you can't go to a concert? He's like, I don't know if that's, if that, that could be drugs or whatever. So I showed him, I used to carry around my, it was like signed by my doctor, I have a list of me. I'll show you, because this is, this is Company Flow is my favorite group, I'm not, not getting into this show. Yeah. So I was being cool the whole time. You also have to, even at that time, I was even larger, like weight-wise, where I was in. And my whole life, bouncers always have this, some, not all, because some bouncers are twice my size, but other bouncers can sometimes strangely have a Napoleon complex towards me. Just It's just that weird stuff. So fun, I was just like... Fun fact, Napoleon yeah. wasn't short. You've said that before, yeah. But I was showing him, and he was just like, I, and he put his hand, he like, this is when I got a little escalated. He's like, I don't need to read all that. And I was like, you just said, I was just trying to prove to you these are actual medications. And so he was just like, I don't need to know all that. And then I, so I just put all the pills in my mouth, so it was, I, I was just a little early. So I, I didn't have it in my pocket anymore. He was like, see, I don't, you could have just taken drugs. And I was like, I was just trying to show you these aren't drugs, they, you know, whatever. And then he's like, man, and I was like, look, I don't want your job. You don't have to be like, you know, I know I'm larger than, and that's when I got a little personal. But then this, of course, a female bouncer de-escalated uh, the situation, and then I got in. And then um, in the middle of the show, I was trying to stand somewhere, and another bouncer was like, you can't stand there. And like, there were a bunch of people around, and then I was like, well, what about all these people? He's like, it doesn't matter, you can't stand there. And I was like... I'm standing here, and then he got almost got physical with me, and then another bouncer saw what happened, and then he de-escalated. Like it's not that serious, so it was just a weird like. I hate that. Yeah, it was really weird. There was I noticed kind of like a change in the city. Um, it's probably been many years at this point, but when I was at Brooklyn Bowl, and mm. there was like just more staff than they knew what to do with kind of thing, oh. and where bouncers just started getting bored i guess and like trying to yep. fill up that time with yep. like policing unnecessary things yep. during shows and yeah it just it just sucks bb <laughs> kings has become the worst i haven't been bb kings. kings closed well when it well, wow well when it was there was a rock uh, my friend rock raider passed away rest in peace they had a, a, a fundraiser for him and the bouncers were just being terrible to people and then i realized i was just there maybe a year before for the Stones Throw 10th year anniversary show and I remember how terrible they were being to people I witnessed that and then I was at a Public Enemy show and they were being terrible and I was like oh the bouncers of BB Kings are terrible and then I just I haven't been back there since 2008 and I guess it closed so well, yeah I, I remember that whenever there was a show at Sounds of Brazil they would get really touchy and when you'd make jokes like usually I get a date before that they would not find that funny sure but I saw so many great rap shows there because because Tramps was the place and then and then when that closed it was SOBs you know I saw De La Soul I saw Black Alicious I saw, yeah. saw Black Alicious a few times so just a bunch of great groups and, and yeah it was just it was just so there's this weird sort of thing of aggression something I really loved about um when I used to work or perform at Southpaw, which closed many years ago, yeah. is that the owners made it a thing to hire, but to hire bouncers and security that were calm, and were like to. tough as nails, like old school, old school like graffiti dudes, whatever, who just were like, I'm, I don't need to like be aggressive, 
and I, I also I, found, I went to see John Carpenter do some con, do some music last oh. year, and I learned to not to that to not carry medication like you in in unnamed things, because they were because because like I had medication and they were like they're like we're gonna you have you we don't know what this is yeah so now I carry everything in its container and they and they can't you know yeah. they can't keep you in yeah um so you guys listening if you take any medication for whatever reason carry it around in the thing even if it's annoying I was gonna say it's like seven pill cases that's the only problem. Yeah, the problem is like like uh, for me, I'm saying that. Re- no retention meds are complicated. Yeah, and they're big. They're like yeah. they're Mike and Ike looking motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So so you you realize that you didn't. So is it that you don't like movies or that you don't enjoy going to the movies? Because we had a great movie going experience two months ago, Saskia. Yes. Are you talking about summer 1993? Uh, yes. That was really great. Did you guys talk about it on the podcast yet? Not so much because cause neither because Marcus hasn't seen it. Yeah. Shout out to that filmmaker. We should look up to that. Uh, summer nineteen ninety three. That was a great film. No, I still love movies very much, and I've been noticing that because I watch them less, I'll have more of like this personal experience while watching a film where I'm like. Wow, you love movies. Like I'm I'm actually thinking that while watching the film. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like kind of a personal exploration of like the reminders of the things that I fell in love with when I was becoming a real person in the world. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes it special to not do it so much. Yeah. Cuz now that Scott's doing this podcast, I've been seeing him binge a little bit on movies yeah. and we I was like joking around fighting with him like you can't watch that many movies because that many movies isn't like it, it ruins the sanctity of movie watching mm-hmm. but you got to do everything in moderation right and I, I don't even disagree with you sometimes like when I when I watched for the Mission Impossible episode all the Mission Impossible movies in three days yeah you look like a cartoon character with like the circles around your eyes down to like your mouth yeah it, it was just it was just like ridiculous and I, you know, and I, that's not how I like to enjoy movies. You know, I probably watched 150 movies this year. And sometimes after doing that, I'm like, I need a week off. I need two weeks off. You yeah, know, it's, it's a lot. One thing to, that I, that I like about the pause in it too, um, for me, it's been like really, um, therapeutic now to watch movies because I'm not doing it so often that it's kind of like this like washing over sensation mm-hmm. and the summer um, I was experiencing like a really bad anxiety attack in the theater because we ha- every single night we had to do an art watch an artist give a lecture a screening yeah. and at the end of the day I, ha- I was just on no sleep mm-hmm. and I was so exhausted and I was just like I need to like pass out right now, but I couldn't because I was actually hosting sure. the artist. Mm-hmm. It was our friend, um, Z Beale, who's who's gonna world premiere her film essentially, mm-hmm. and I was just like so tired. But then when her film screened, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not gonna make it in this theater. I was like, I felt like inside I was gonna just like explode and like mm-hmm. I run away or something. Yeah. And then as soon as the lights went dark. 
and then her film screened, it was just like being rocked like a baby or something to just like see the beautiful cinematography oh, and the yeah. narrative. Yeah. And it just like healed me. Good. Completely. Yeah. It's like, it, it is a form of medication, yeah. I think. It's, it's funny. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you say that too, just because we've mentioned it a couple times now, but like, I like to say I'm a pro at going to the Toronto Film Festival because now I know it's funny because Scott's been asking me, have you had a chance to see this movie? Like, not really because it's like less than two weeks away and I know I'm going to be, not every day, but most days it'll be like three to five movies a day. You're going to watch 20, 20 movies in a week. More than, more than, and then with the possibility of even more. But it's like... I, the first two years I went, when I was still in my 20s, I was like, oh, I'm going to see everything. And then by the middle of it, it's like, everything just feels like one long, like, art house, vampire, werewolf, action <laughs> movie. Like, yeah. And then a year later, because all these movies don't come out until the next year, so I'll be on a subway stop, you see an ad, and it's like, oh, I saw that. did I? Or, or yeah. like, did I? Or what was that about? Or what the... You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah, so now I, I gotta chill out because this year more than it, there's a lot of good stuff. I wanna like curate. How I wanna you see like it. yeah, I wanna desensitize I wanna just wash my visual palette before I get there. Yeah. And see only certain things I will not just see because a lot of times too and Tiff you just pop in and out of movies. I'll watch twenty minutes of this, I'll watch fifteen minutes like I'm not doing that, that that this year. Plus I'm also in Toronto, I'm in my favorite place ever, so I wanna not just do movie stuff. So that's good. Yeah, I've been noticing too something that is like informing on how I feel about the film is also who I'm like sitting next to, like mm. or who's behind me. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever pick up on like that energy of like the person behind? So you absolutely, some sometimes, Not especially the if they're talking or if they're they breathing. make their presence. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know. I thought maybe it was like a weird kind of like female empathy issue or something where I was like, I couldn't like separate myself from like somebody else's judgments of the film i mean i've it, you're it, talking about their views i'm just talking about their presence and what they do like or their space their space their smells like the sounds they're making like i that think mine is really more of like me. an intuitive thing where it's like if i'm crying at a film and i feel like the person behind me is not even into the film at all like it bothers me oh yeah no sure. I, I don't mind about that that's like because I'm, I'm my own yeah i don't i remember when i went to see stalker at the Lincoln film 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 link film Lincoln Lincoln film yeah. whatever film society film society Lincoln in there center it was me and a bunch of older people and occasionally they would just make comments about how long it was or oh like, I can't do that and I was I like I was like I don't like you yeah or when I went to see Puzzle recently which was lovely there was someone I actually moved because this person was just talking all the time and like there would be there they would if something was was written that they were reading they would read it out loud yo sorry yeah i, I got these two women like wanted to just like try to start argument and i just let it go let it go i went to go see this movie at band which i don't even know if it's ever been released it was this gene carlo esposito directed this movie oh uh, yeah you you, you yeah. brought this up before yeah. but please but it's, it's, a, it's been, so like the credits would come on and every act like the women behind me like oh samuel jackson oh rizza oh danny glover Oh, Angela Bassett. Like, and, and then I got up. I didn't even do the exact, like, oh, I'm getting up. I did, like, a casual. And then they were like, oh, maybe we were being too loud for it. Like, yeah, actually, you were. But I'm not going to. 
Well, what about when that's your friend? Go. I've always been in that situation with people oh, that really? I bring in. Oh, I've never had. Oh, thankfully. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thankfully. I, oh, something. no. That's no. always bad. And I always, I'm like the whispering. Like, I try to, like, get my voice lower and lower and lower. So that way they'll follow suit. But usually it makes them louder because they can't hear me. And it's like a psychological thing for to get louder. And Sometimes just, whisper talking is worse. It's like, if yeah, no. I'll, I'll just be, right. no, if someone, if someone, I'm just like, shush. We, you know, that's I don't, funny. I don't. I really hate it, and it's difficult. Some stuff I don't mind at all. Like, I've I've been to action movies where the film was made better by the audience, and I've been to movies yeah, yeah. where where the movie was made worse by the audience. It's a case by case basis, you know. Yeah. It's also this fatigue stuff. Like, like I've I've not always been into music festivals because I'm like this is too many bands I like. Yeah. And then I don't get to. Then it's like, I'm like this is a band I'd really love to see. But right now, I've just listened to so much stuff and my ears are hurting and I don't know if I can handle this. So another question I have for you guys. This is a special edition, question edition. Um, So I've been thinking a lot about, because I haven't seen my grandpa in a long time and just today on the radio, they were playing like some of his favorite songs and I was like, oh wow, I wonder what it's going to be like to hear these songs in 20 years and how I'm going to... Your grandpa... Is your your grandpa that's still around? Or your yeah. Gran- okay. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if you guys can talk a little bit about films that remind you of people that are no longer here wow. and, like, how do you think you're going to preserve those types of movies like, do you watch them? Do you try to avoid them? Are you gonna like? I try wa- to avoid them. I mean, the only press. I mean, <sighs> to my da- my dad's the only recent. Like, I haven't really, you know. And like, the only other. I mean, my grandmother, who God rest her soul, she was very, very. You know, she was ninety five, so she lived a full life. I think my father passed away too, and my friend Brett, that was junior high school. So I haven't had a whole bunch of loss. So like, my dad, like that's still fresh for me. So there's like. A whole list of movies that are just off the table right now. I mean, it hasn't even been two years, so it's kind of like, eh. It, it really depends on the person and the feeling and and what I'm going through. Like, I really enjoy watching There's Something About Mary, because it was one of the last movies me and my dad watched before he passed away. Yeah. And it's a funny movie, and it can bring me joy. I like watching the old 90s movies. Uh, you know like the Bruce Willis stuff because my dad liked that stuff mm-hmm. but like if you put me in front of Big Fish right now I'm gonna I, I can't yeah and because you guys watched it together no it just came out after he movie. passed away but it was uh, okay. but it's just it's so about the stuff and yeah there's there's like things that remind me of my grandparents that that I that I can watch and I I can't really watch I didn't love the Lord of the Rings movies, but they remind me so much of my childhood friend who passed away. Yeah. And that and there's like, you know, you know my ex who passed away. There's like certain films that I can't that that just make me upset. And I yeah, the harder part is is music. I think I think music's connected to the people you care about and it's easier for me to go to the difficult music stuff. What about preservation, though, and, and carrying on those people through movies? Like, would you hypothetically show a film 
to, if you ever had children or something like that, someone as a way of communicating about that person. Wow. See, I'm kind of with Scott. I would do that more through movie, uh, music. Right. With movies. Because all the movies that remind me of my dad are movies I don't even know if he's actually even seen. Mm. It's like Tree of Life. That's just a very dad-centric sure. movie that reminds me of my dad, where it's just like... He could be a hard ass sometimes, but he was also a loving kid. Like, just what I'm not gonna say what a dad should be like, but it's just like what what a lot of fathers are like. Right. Or like Uncle Boon Me, which is a movie I know he hasn't seen that, where it's just like the whole all the scenes of like his wife helping him with the dialysis machine and everything. Which literally, I watched my mom do that because he had a, dialysis machines are very small now, and that you can just keep them at home, but it's still just a bitch to go through. So it's like so those kind of things. I don't know if I can even answer that question right now, just because it's like. I don't know. Th- th- those are two movies that are just off the table. Uh, and I feel like I, I feel like it's like a that becomes like a double question. Like my dad's favorite movie, my my dad's two favorite movies were like Five O'clock High and Saving Private Ryan. So Five O'clock High, Three O'clock okay. High, Two O'clock High. Oh, Twelve. O'clock. O- oh, yeah. No, because there's two. So I was. I, there's Three O'clock High. The war. The, the, the yeah, war. Oh, that's movie, Twelve O'clock the, High. The, yeah, the war movie. That yeah. was. Yeah, Those yeah. two movies were my dad's right, right, right. favorite movies. Right. And I would, so I could be like, these are my dad's favorite movies, but that's not, that doesn't give a picture of who my father was. But I would be like, these were important to my father. By playing Neil Young or Joan Baez or Nancy Griffith or Smashing Pumpkins Adore, I'm like, this is the kind of, this is the kind of person my dad was. These are the music's that he liked or with other people who have passed away and I think that might give a, a better window or like there are certainly characters in movies that remind me remind me of my father you know uh, I think for both of us uh, in a way Brian Dennehy's character in the last um, Malick movie of course person no that's not person person song of song oh not Night of Cups you think Night of Cups I think, because he was also in, in Song to Song. Brian Dennehy? Wasn't he? No. Who was, who was, who was Ryan Gosling's father? He was, no, he was just like a guy. He just, he, there were no lines. No, it's, it's all continuation. Brad Pitt, Brian Dennehy, and the older guy. It's right. all con- continuation. So it's Mal- lot, Terrence Malick's father. A lot of the fathers in the last few Terrence Malick movies remind me of my dad. Yeah. Um, they're in, in, the, in the movie Three Identical Strangers, which recently came out. Uh, yeah, there was there was a father figure in one of the triplets' lives that reminded me of my dad, so I don't know. It's it's like interesting, but also I know something you've been wanting to maybe bring up on the show is like the important the special importance of home videos, and how they encapsulate these collections. Because before before Saskia, I'm talking to Saskia. Before you and I got got together, I hadn't looked at home videos of me when I was a child and like listened to my father's voice. For a very long time, my father passed away twenty years ago, and through that, you were you had never heard his voice, or your grandfather who passed away. You showed me videos of him, and I knew that I knew that I had an idea that I liked him or loved him, and then seeing his smile and seeing his energy brought it back. And then some of my favorite parts of like document I don't like documentaries, but the old footage, the smiles and the body language gives you a big idea of of those sort of things we look i think it's much harder like in 1908 it would be really difficult to show ephemera or artifacts of your family but now for better or worse there are so many documents that show who the person is i don't know if we answered your question right but uh 
yeah. You're bringing up, and you're bringing up stuff too that's like my dad's come up a lot. I mean, he was my so he's always going to be present, but more recently, like. And I met your father. He was a nice man. Yeah, yeah, and um, so I have uh, my my girlfriend now, who I've been seeing since Jan- January. It's very tough because any woman I've ever had in my life, my dad's known them. This I've never dealt with the fact. Oh, you don't know, and like I tell Tamara all the time, like, oh, my dad would love you, which is it's not just some generic thing to make her happy. Like he absolutely because my dad was an introvert, generally speaking, to to friends and family. He was an extroverted introvert. Like, if he knew you, he'd be goofier. But just to anyone else, he's just more calm and quiet. And he was... My dad's always fascinated by, like, loud people. No offense to my mom. Just saying that's why one of the reasons I think he was attracted to her. When it came to just, like, vibe and everything, my parents are very... My dad totally, like... He could be sitting next to the phone. If the phone would be ringing, he wouldn't answer it. He's like, I'm not expecting a call. He would just prefer to be in a room reading a book. And my mom likes to do yeah, things that was, social. Yeah, that was my dad. And it's like, it, yeah, and and like like right now as we speak, my my girlfriend's hanging out with my mom right now at some exhibit, oh, and nice. I'm always like, damn, my dad really really would have like, and I tell her this all all the time, and she never gets sick sick of hearing it. And when you talk about voice like home videos and voices, I've said this a bunch of times on the podcast, but I do have to just clarify too. You know, I always have to make this clear. Like, I edit when when it's Scott's been editing a lot of the episodes recently, but when it was my period of editing a lot of stuff. I only listened for certain things. I never went back and listened because the older I sound, a lot like my dad, like a lot, and I just—it's just really weird to hear that back, like these days. And I live—I now live in the house that my dad grew up in, so there's like pictures of him everywhere, and I don't want to touch it because it's like still out of respect for my grandmother. I don't want right. to move anything, but so it's like my dad's presence is like in that, like in the house all the time, like whenever I'm home. So right, it's just, like it's very you know, my, I have a picture yeah, of my dad that. here. And, yeah. And I, and and the thing is, I say I tell Saskia all the time that my dad would have loved you because he would have. I don't think he would have liked all of my exes. In fact, I think he disliked some of them. He would have loved you, and that's true. That's just that's just the truth. Because yeah. I know I know the type of person he was. And the thing is, he he was he was like me, but more so. He was he was a he was also an extroverted introvert. But he was just like, I like books. I like the History Channel before it was all about aliens because he didn't even know about aliens and the History Channel at the time. And he just like, he had like four friends and loved hanging out with them. But otherwise, he wanted to be home watching a movie, reading a book, hanging out. And yeah. Sure. And I think, yeah, I think we're really lucky for the home videos because at first I never wanted to watch them. And you know what happened when we started watching those home videos of me. I was... I cried for like six hours, dude. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Of you know? it's okay. Um, uh, yeah, so, so what I love about you, Saskia, is your love of celebration and family and history and you... Personal history. Personal history, right. And you get such a... Uh, and, it's, and, and what I like about it is it's not just home videos of yourself that you like home videos of yourself. You like home videos of people. You want to see people when they were young, but like the yeah. smile on your face, what is it about personal cinema, as I call it, mm-hmm. that that gets you going so much? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, actually, shout out to Taylor Dunn, who is also um, a NISA faculty member at New York State School of Cinema. 
New York State Summer School of Media Arts. She actually hosts a home video night uh, like a couple times a year because oh. she doesn't have any home videos of herself and it's like this fascination thing and she's um, part of this kind of collective that collects and makes old film equipment function again. So she's like a one of the nation's like best projectionists and like it's her specialty to like get people super eight tapes and mm -hmm. all that stuff because she has all that equipment to do the home videos and i am kind of like opposite from that because i have a lot of videos from my childhood and so i don't have that experience of not having it and kind of i feel like similar to sd where it's like Who's Esty? Your friend, Esty Lewis. All right, our friend Esty who does... She's an artist who does this project, Grandma Hour, but she doesn't have or hadn't had any living experiences with her grandmothers, but she has made art using photographs of other people and their grandmothers. And it's this interesting fascination of like, <coughs> what are other people's experiences that you can kind of, you know that you would have had or you could have had, but you didn't have, and so somehow by watching others, you are kind of creating your own personal history through the reimaginings of yourself in the in the uh, shoes of someone else that's your peer, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so something I always joked about, but kind of not really with my girlfriends, was how I would trap guys, and... <laughs> Part of how I would trap them is by when I would see, because like in a patriarchal society, as a woman, I would always kind of like put men on a pedestal and to help me bring them down from that pedestal and like regain some of my own self-confidence, I would try to picture them as a child. And that would really help me not be intimidated by their kind of ego. So... What I really liked, that's one thing that I was kind of fascinated with, with that everyone's inner child, because I think that that's kind of the key to understanding somebody and their motives and their behaviors. Can I interject for one second so, yeah. I, don't, so I don't forget? It, that reminds me of my, one of my favorite songs by Big Audio Dynamite, which was Mick Jones' Mick Jones's band after The Clash, mm -hmm. Innocent Child. It was like, wanted to know you as an innocent child. It's, just, it's, a, it's a really beautiful love song. Totally. You played it for me. It's on my playlist. Um, yeah, so so that's one reason why I really am interested in other people's videos because I think it's that's my insight into like, oh, what what are their soft spots or why do why did they pursue that track in life and stuff like that? Like I love when I see somebody's chubby face when they were younger. Like that is just like sure. one of my favorite things because sure. I'm like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it kind of explains a lot about a person. And then, um, aside, I mean, I love documentaries. So, that's just, it is kind of what I would, my original opinion about filmmaking was that the more real it is and the less artificial it is, the more I like it. And you, so that's, are you a fan of Jonas Mikas? I don't know. Anyway. Oh. He's most, I mean, he does, he's, he's still, he's, pretty old now but still active he's like he, I don't know about owns but like like anthology film archives is like his but him and his brother the Mikas brothers but Jonas Mikas makes 
documentary films, but it's just chronicling people. Like, he has this famous long film series called Journey to Lithuania, where he goes back home and just films his family. Slightly chaotic editing, but there's no, there's no like, arc, there's no story to it. It's yeah. just like he's just chronicling his family. I would love that. You can... I you could see it on like a, a certain... Like or something? No, you could see it... Oh, well, if you want the legit, you absolutely can see it on movie. I think it's on movie, but you could also see it on a certain video streaming Oh, uh, I can find place. it somewhere. Yeah. Easily. Do you, like, do, do you guys like Frederick Wiseman? Absolutely. Yeah, like Titty Cut Follies. Like, Titty Cut Follies is, is legendary. That's ill. Yeah. It's funny because I've, I've he's someone who... A couple of years ago, I had a conflict. It actually wasn't him. It was people around him. He made this movie uh, about this documentary called Jackson Heights. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like a lot of uproar because he chronicled Jackson Heights, but it was just a lot of the white residents. Oh. And for me, when I think of Jackson Heights, I think of Columbia. Like, Absolutely. More, for, first and foremost. I mean, when you, anything, you, I mean there's all... Everyone you, is in yeah, Jackson you, Heights, but you, I think Columbia. The thing is, you get off the train in Jackson Heights, and on every corner is, is, is someone selling... Colombian food yeah. on the street. You have the chicharrones yeah. and the different type of platillos and like yeah. uh, rapers and shit. Yeah. That to me, that's Jackson Heights. And also Indian food. I was gonna uh, say Indian, Asian Indians next. Yeah, I mean it depends on which train Jackson stop, Heights right? Diner. But yeah, some good diners. Also, what I really to to get back to uh, summer nineteen ninety three, directed by Carla Simone. What I really liked about that movie is that it almost felt like it was a home video because it was. Mm -hmm. Because was you you gotta see it. it's one of my it's like in my top ten of the year. Okay. And it's just about this girl whose mom just passed away and is living with her relatives, uh -huh. and and she doesn't know why she does what she does, and it's presented sort of almost vignette style. And you you're like, when is this movie gonna end? And when it does, it makes complete sense why it ends when it does and how it does. Yeah, it didn't feel like a home video to me, but it felt like an homage to a memory that's how i interesting would describe it and i also described it like an alessandra sanguinetti photograph and i should do some of her work after oh totally yeah i mean i appreciated that kind of loose form style of storytelling i think that's what it is is that it's open and it just kind of moves like water you know we there it's not a standard script at all we have to watch more of her color and, and Hannah, yeah. not Hannah, uh, Wanda. I think you'll like those movies. Did you end oh, yeah. up seeing Wanda? Um, I didn't finish it. Because okay. I had a really bad streaming like link, and it was just unenjoyable to watch it that way. With totally like, subtitles and all that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just did a restoration, so I, be I, I bet a home version is not short because usually when they do a restoration it means that they're going to... Talking about Wanda, right? Yeah. Yeah, Janeth Films is doing it so I imagine it's going to be a criterion. As, I mean, I'm so, when, <clears throat> when M2M introduced me to the film many years ago, I was like, why isn't this... This is this is all the criteria of a criterion collection. Yeah, yeah. You know, And it's Elia Kazan's wife, right? Yeah. Um, and he claimed to have a lot to do with that movie. He didn't have a lot to do with that movie. And she she died not shortly after that movie. Very sad. It's a and the movie is sad. The movie is yeah, like is. what the fuck. But but if you like that loose thing, I love that loose thing. I mean that's my favorite thing about like most art in general is when things are not overworked. Well, I think oh, you so like, that's why you like home videos too, huh? Because like it's yeah. just like what's happening. 
you and like Marvin Callie then because it's like obviously definitely. no spoilers but it's like this thing happens and then the rest of the movie other st- it's like wait a minute whoa whoa what didn't this thing just happen and, but then you learn it's like this is how people deal with certain things but you legit early on forget about this big thing that happens early on and it just becomes like a road trip and you're like and you're into it and then maybe an hour in you're like oh wait I thought but what ha-, you know yeah. it's that kind of yeah which is which is why I like that, that movie so much does it come back to that Kind of pretty, pretty much. Yeah. In, in, in a weird kind of roundabout way. In a roundabout yeah. way. Yeah. And uh, have you? Seen, do you like the Dogma movies? Like the Idiot Celebration, Julian Donkey Boy. Julian Donkey Boy is oh that Julian Donkey Boy. I'm saying there. if this is what you like, then yeah. you'd probably like Julian a Donkey lot of Boy. The dogma you love Julian. It's like it's similar to Jonas Mika style, where it's like the plot is. It's just like a dysfunctional family. You could dissect it more. Well, it's really about this. It's, it's a kind of dysfunctional family, and it's just kind of chronicling their day to day. It's like Werner Herzog is the dad, Chloe Sevigny is the daughter, uh, Ewan Bremner, the, I have to watch the sick boy from not, not sick boy, but Ewan Bremner from. Um, although most people famously know him, he's the Scottish guy in Wonder Woman's crew in uh, in the first Wonder Woman movie. He oh. plays Julian Don- uh, Donkey Boy, but it's a strange, excellent, awesome movie that just like. The camera just and it's like a natural. It looks like you. It looks like you've. Oh my God! Speaking of Harmony Corinne, he made a movie that was kind of his response to all these like POV handheld like found footage movies called Trash Humpers. Where the whole premise of the movie there's not like a. I was waiting. I was, I was waiting to see if I was going to talk about that movie. Yeah, you would like because that's another. It's like I the whole premise. I don't think you'd like it. Really? Yeah. It's well, not long. I'll watch it. The, okay. the, the the ending's very cryptic, but you do think, oh, this is a. Yeah, maybe not. I guess I'm a little hesitant recommending it, but I think watch Julian Donkey Boy first, then maybe Trash Humpers. Trash Humpers is a watch. You're gonna yeah. co- you're gonna come back the next time episode. You're gonna have like a beret and be smoking Nat Sherman's, <laughs> and being like, "Let me tell you about diegetic films, baby." <laughs> gonna take a picture. Can I take your picture? <laughs> trash Humpers. Yeah. yeah, Trash Humpers. Trash Humpers. You know, because it's weird. Like I don't, I don't love Gummo. I. Uh, yeah. But but Julian Donkey yeah. Boy is pretty good for its genre and Mr. Lonely was pretty good. Yeah. But I'm only bringing up the Harmony Curtain films that I mean Trash Humpers Trash Humpers home video. Right. Trash so. Humper is like is a fake home video about these guys who hump trash. They do lots of other things. That's also yeah. true. Yeah. But I'm trying not to give it away because yeah. these are all potential Potential stuff for us to enjoy, and I'll become talk about, about the yeah. next time. Yeah, it's gonna that's gonna be fun. Um, I almost feel like a double because neither movie is long. Maybe if you could cram in a Trash Humpers Julian Donkey Boy double feature, that'd be a good thing to come back to. And that'd talk be about. that's a that's an intense double feature. It is intense, in my I guess it is. I was gonna. I, I was need gonna, to get some like blinds for this room and turn <laughs> just like one chair facing toward the television. Yeah, there was watch that, it, yeah, yeah. There was watch that, it in the daytime. There was that story about when uh, Robbie Robertson of the band and Martin Scorsese were living together and they blacked out all the windows and they would just watch movies all day. Nice. I'm pretty sure Bro Kane was involved, but you know, whatever. Especially if we're talking Scorsese back in the day, of course. And Robbie Robertson. All day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you know... The, on the song The Weight by the band it's Take a Load Off Fanny not the Take a Load Off Annie no 
I know. I know Saskia pointed that out to me the other day. I almost made a cash wager, but was glad I did not because I would have lost. Um, okay, any closing remarks before we before we uh, get out of here? Just Saskia, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You know, I it was a pleasure to fly in from Thailand to be here. Sure. Just shout out to Sabella. <laughs> um, no, I came all the way over from the room next door to be here. Thank you, thank you. And I'll just say to everyone, you know, let's give each other a little bit more time to go watch movies and stop sending work emails after 6 p.m. How about Seriously. that? Seriously. And let's uh, just realize that let's give each other a four-day work week and allow people to enjoy their lives. Yes. And don't be stuck to this nine-to-five weirdness also. Yeah. Just when work gets done, it gets done. Yeah. No more work. No more work. No, no more work. work. No, no more work. work. No, no more work. work. Live for yourself. To die in tomorrow. Look after your health. Forget all your sorrows. Whoa. I wish I could have seen you. But you could run wild. I would like to know you as an innocent child. Innocent child. It's never too late. Hook me. Well, you're I could have seen